You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the Testudo Times Outtakes Podcast. The sports world has kind of come to a halt right now, but we are still going on with the content and we today have a former Maryland football player who's now in WWE with Dean Mutati, also known as Mojo Riley. What's going on? All right. Hyped up to be here. What's a turp? Always a turp, baby. <laughs> right. And so, you know, you started your career at the D3 level and then, you know, transferred to Maryland in 2006, first played in 2007. What made you choose to, you know, transfer to College Park? Uh, well, born and raised in Alexandria, Virginia. I went to T.C. Williams High School, so that's the... Uh, the school made famous by the movie Remember the Titans. Uh, growing up in the D.C. area, even though I was from Virginia technically, the University of Maryland was always the hometown school. That was always uh, the place I wanted to be, the team I wanted to play for, the team I was a fan of as a kid. You know, I remember going and seeing some games uh, way up in the nosebleeds, some old Terps football games from way back in the day. And it's just where I wanted to be, and I felt like I belonged to be, but you know, didn't get that that shot out of uh, out of high school, so I went to a D three for a couple of years to kind of prove my worth and whatnot before I could get enough tape to uh, take a shot at Maryland. So it was, uh, you know, like I said, being a Virginia guy, it doesn't matter as long as you're from the DC area. Maryland's where you want to be. That's the hometown school. And what was it like playing for Ralph Friesian? Just you know that dominant era, you know, for Maryland. Friedman was a uh, tough coach to play for. I mean, he was a no-nonsense kind of guy. Um, and, you know, his practices, I mean, I think at one point I heard we had, like, the hardest practices in the country, and I wouldn't be surprised by that one bit. I mean, we, we were workhorses. We showed up every day, and we kicked the living crap out of each other. I think um, – 15 guys from my senior class got a shot at the pros in the NFL and uh we had like a big group of seniors but just all massive massive linemen that just uh made practice very difficult but I'll tell you what my first Maryland training camp was the hardest hardest thing I've ever done the most difficult time in my life and I'm just so grateful for it now you know toughening me up and uh making me who I am today you know, really kind of paved the way for success later, making it to the NFL and really here in WWE because after that first training camp with Ralph, I felt like I could do anything in the world. <laughs> What's the hardest drill he had you guys do? Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily the hardest drill. It was just the repetition of the drill. You know, we we do like team periods where it's supposed to be 12 reps of drill and then we get to rep 11 and then, you know, start the, start the period over. And he started over like three times and it's inside run, which was, you know, maybe the most physical. But for us, as a, especially as an interior defensive lineman, whether it was, you know, two on twos, three on threes, inside run, team one, two, three, four, pass run. Like everything was essentially just blurred into one big beating. It was all kind of the same being on the inside. That wasn't too much different. Right, in your senior season 2008, it seems like a lot of that paid off. I mean, you guys took down a lot of ranked teams, number 23, California, number 20, Clemson, uh, number 21, Wake Forest, and number 17, North Carolina. Do any of those, you know, games from that season stick out to you as one of your favorites? Uh, the Clemson game, for sure. Um, playing at Clemson, they have one of the coolest stadiums I've ever seen, college 
you know, or pro, like, uh, what is it, like 80,000 or so fans, and it's pretty much essentially all on the one side. Um, you know, the stands go all the way up into the sky, and it was just really cool. We were down early, and uh, we kind of came back to uh, to get the big win. I had the only sack of the game on a big uh, third down play, and it was really cool, man, to hear the entire arena that was buzzing just go absolutely silent upon that sack and you know we got the big win i think it was 2017 it was just you know a big physical win on the road against some very talented guys and uh that was probably the one that stuck out also combined that with the fact that uh when i made that uh that big stack i felt like i could hear my dad in the front row he drove all the way up uh you know from the dc or down i should say from the dc area to uh to Clemson to watch the game, and I, I could swear I heard him from the front row going nuts because of how silent the, the stadium was. But yeah, there were some really big wins that season, but that one definitely stands out the most to me. What was the? What do you think was your guys's big, biggest you know rival in those years that you played for Maryland? Oof. Um, you know, it was hard to say. I don't know if we really had just one. I mean, for me as a guy from Virginia. UVA and VTech were always circled on my uh, on my calendar. Those were two games I always look forward to, probably mostly because, you know, most of the guys I went to uh, high school with went to those schools, so it was kind of like uh, bragging rights, essentially. But I don't know, like Clemson and Boston College were always two big ones for me because, again, it was just two physical teams, you know, like hard-nosed, essentially blue-collar kind of guys and it was just always a battle we were always kind of neck to neck in uh in the conference and, and whatnot so though for me it was those but uh you know others might say you know like a west virginia or something like that but you know that that was kind of my take on it and do you have any other you know favorite memories just you know playing at maryland and being in college park yeah you know it was just um just kind of the locker room it was you know being around the guys i mean a lot of those guys I still talk to all the time, you know, uh, luckily with WWE, I get to travel the world. So we do shows everywhere. So, you know, anytime I'm on the road and uh, I'm in the city that one of my former teammates live in, they get to come by and kind of see the show catch up, you know, like, you know, guys like, um, Bemi Otulaja and Alex Schultz and, uh, you know, Andrew Crummy. These are guys I still talk to on a very, very regular basis. Um, guys that I, I see all the time, you know, Alex Schultz and Bemi were guys that I roomed with for a while and, you know, just kind of mixing it up with them. I, I still watch those, uh, old Terrapins Rising episodes that we had that Jeff Atkinson made back in the day. Uh, it's kind of fun to check those out. Um, but yeah, it was really just a camaraderie in the locker room. They always say that, you know, just about any player will tell you that's the, the thing they miss the most later on. All right, and you played with a lot of great Terps, one of which was Tory Smith. What was it kind of like playing on the field with someone like that? And is there kind of a moment that you remember just realizing how good he was? Well, actually, Tory, um, I kind of had a extra connection with Tory because forget the fact that he's like the nicest guy of all time. Uh, Tory's another Northern Virginia guy, and when I was at my D three school, um, my college room, my my roommate there, his coach uh, from high school actually coached Tory. So when I got over to Maryland, you know, they kind of buzzed me, and they're like, "Hey, one of our guys is coming in." You know, really, you know, humble, hardworking dude. Just kind of keep an eye out for him if you can, and, and then just look out for the guy. I mean, from the moment he showed up, 
he didn't need anybody looking out for him. I mean, he came in the right way. Wasn't one of these dudes com- coming in bragging and chirping and talking trash. And, uh, you know, he, he just did his thing, and he was an incredible player. I feel like my last college game, the Humanitarian Bowl against Nevada, Torrey went off. And, I mean, that was just kind of a glimpse of the future as to what he was capable of and, and what he can do. And he went off and had himself a very, very successful NFL career. And I think more importantly than that, he's just done so much for the community, giving back, uh, community service and charity work. Um, it, it's just been very, very notable and very just, you know, how, how can you not cheer for a guy like that? And, you know, we, we talk all the time, too, still, because, you know, he, he and I, I believe it's his grandma are, like, big wrestling fans, so we're always kind of chatting and, and mixing it up. But, you know, awesome to be on the field with a guy like that. Did you ever think back then, like, this is a guy who's, did it ever cross your mind, like, he, you know, might end up being a two-time NFL champion or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you knew Tory was going to make it, and you knew he was going to make it and succeed and, and do extremely well. As as far as being fortunate enough to, to win the Super Bowl twice, man, I don't know if anyone can right. necessarily expect that, but, but we knew he was going to make it to the NFL, and we knew he was going to kill it. Right, and, you know, after you played at Maryland, you – you know, were an undrafted free agent with the Green Bay Packers and then, you know, with the Cardinals too. For you, what was your, you know, biggest takeaway from your time in the NFL? Um, just just the perseverance of it all. Um, it was kind of a cool story because, you know, I, uh, I was a big numbers guy. So like the pro days and the combines, that's all stuff that I would have eaten up because, you know, I, I trained really hard with each golf at Maryland and I had a ton of records there like the all-time record so i knew if i got an opportunity at the the pro days or combines i was really gonna make my mark and up my status but i tore my hamstring pretty bad right before like i think it was like five days before before pro day so that really like kind of killed my stock so you know not only did i not go did i not get drafted i didn't get signed after the draft either the only opportunity i had was uh, a tryout with Green Bay, and uh, I went down there, and I, I don't know the numbers exactly, but I believe it was around 30 guys trying out, including offensive tackle Dane Randolph from Maryland, and, you know, we kind of made a pact when we went out there, like, hey, you know, Dane was a big weight room guy and a big effort guy, too, it's like, hey, man, you're an offensive tackle, I'm a defensive tackle, we got to destroy each other's competition so that we look real good and we make this team. And, and that's what we went out there and did. I mean, all those brutal two-a-days and practices with these behemoths at Maryland and, and Fridge's system. I mean, we went out and, and we did that tryout like it was the damn Super Bowl. We we went ham and, and we kicked the crap out of everyone there. And we It was kind of a badge of honor for us because at the end of the um, – at the end of the camp, they called us into a room and told us we had some paperwork to sign. And then they told us that Dane and I were two out of the three guys out of the 30 trying out that they were going to sign the contract. So, I mean, right then and there it was just kind of knowing that whether you come in last on the depth chart, which I was, I think I was the sixth ring nose guard that weekend. I mean, I'm pretty sure I only got that tryout because they must have liked my agent or something. Um, but I went out there and, 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 and left my mark and I'm extremely proud of that. I, you know what, it's more of a badge of honor for me than if I would have been drafted first overall and, 
in the first round of the draft, having to earn your stripes against NFL players already in the NFL as opposed to, you know, college players. I mean, that's something I, I hang my hat on to, to this day. Really, really proud of that moment. You know, I think it was almost a career-defining spot for me. Right, and when did you kind of realize it was time to move on and, you know, move over? You ended up moving over to the WWE. Uh, yeah, so I I got released from Green Bay. They had me playing nose guard. I probably needed to gain another 30, 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was like almost 50 pounds lighter than the first and second string guys at that position. Even though I thought I, I played really well in camp and I made a ton of plays, uh, you know, I, I got released. So after the season passed, I, I thought – that was going to be it. So I actually signed a contract with Merrill Lynch. I got my, my bachelor's and my MBA from Maryland. Uh, another thing I was, I was very grateful for, especially with the MBA program working with me. Cause I, I think I was the youngest person to ever get accepted into the program. And that was, you know, they definitely worked with me on my, my classes and my scheduling because, you know, I was constantly flying, you know, flying out for games at Maryland. And also when I went pro, but like I signed a contract, with Merrill Lynch and I thought I was done until the Cardinals came calling back. Um, they gave me a shot and I, I put Merrill Lynch on hold, went to the Cardinals. Things were going great, but then I had a really bad injury, um, a calf injury. Where my calf actually tore off and rolled up in the back of my knee, like a window shade. It was pretty nasty. Um, but I was out for 18 months, went back to the university of Maryland and trained there with the staff, Kalaf flag and I, every day, actually we were back there with, um, former Terps, Travis I- Ivy and uh, Joey Hanos, and we were kind of a little triumvirate there trying to get ourselves back together so we can make another crack at it. But came back, and I was kind of in talks with some NFL teams, uh, a couple in particular, and it was looking like I was going to get another shot when, you know, the WWE kind of came into the picture. Um, you know, I had a, a friend who's, whose dad was uh, college roommates with one of the coaches and kind of set up a, a meet and greet for me. So I was still talking to teams when I started talking with WWE, but after, you know, really seeing the opportunity I had with WWE, I knew it was time to change and, and really give this a shot. Cause you know, this WWE was the first thing I ever wanted to do when I was a little kid watching raw every week with my, with my dad and my brother and uh, you know, got that opportunity and just, just ran with it. So I kind of left football behind, kind of on the spot. The whole thing was extremely abrupt. You know, I think from my first conversation with WWE to my first day of training, the process was three months, and it's way longer than that now to get in, I can tell you that. Right, and how just tough was that, you know, going through all those injuries, you know, both before, uh, you know, pro day and stuff like that, and then, you know, going through that long recovery process after? Um, it was it was brutal to be honest with you because you know like I said I was always kind of a guy that had to fight my way for that last that last roster spot and then once I was there kind of worked my way up but you know there's so many uh, there, there's so many things that could have been wrong there's so many factors that if you take one away you know I don't make it to the NFL I don't get picked up by Maryland I don't even get a shot at my, my division three school so kind of hanging on living on a prayer essentially hanging in by the you know the skin of your teeth kind of thing that was kind of something I became accustomed to but when you're out for 18 months 
and you're seeing just every year the new wave of, of recruits and guys getting picked up and here you are a couple of years out and you're still trying to find your way back in and especially combine that with the fact that you know you've been injured for that long and teams don't want to touch you it's kind of it's it's brutal. It'll beat you up mentally. You're kind of lost. You know, you worked your whole life at one thing, and now you're finding out it's it's going to be over. And you know, I, I worked really hard in school, and I, I you know I had good grades, and I got my degrees. But just because I, I had them didn't mean I really wanted to use them. To be honest with you, I wasn't ready for you know sitting behind a desk all day like that. That's something that I, I definitely don't think I could have handled at that time. So it was. You know, you, you feel lost, and it's, it's not just me. I mean, guys go through it every year when your playing career wraps down. It's, one, you've been fighting your whole life and kind of working hard to prove everyone wrong, so you don't want to believe anyone when they're telling you that they think you're done and, they, and that you should hang them up. You're used to, you know, fighting for that shot, but it's something you just kind of got to come to terms with what's next. You know, you're going to change your, your whole life around. You know, not only professionally but you know your whole mindset on life and then you know lose shedding your football weight and you know becoming a healthier guy you know any any lineman can tell you that when they're done that weight needs to go because it's uh it's not as it's not as fun to have on when you don't need it to defend yourself on the on the gridiron but yeah i mean mentally it's brutal what kind of got you you know through that you know time um, just kind of reminding myself, like I was saying earlier, you know, that, that you've come this far, that, you know, the only reason you are where you are is for not believing everyone and ignoring the doubters and really just, you know, fighting, having a, a singular goal in mind and really just doing everything you possibly can because the second, you know, you stop believing, I mean, certainly no one else is going to believe in you. You just got to really just kind of grind it out and for some guys it works out and others you know are a little less fortunate but you know that was it for me I knew I knew things were going to work out if I worked hard enough for it they always do you know maybe it's not always the way you want it to work out at the time but you know I'm, I'm kind of one of those that believe that everything happens for a reason and I think it did in my case for sure I was just waiting for all this hard work and all this fighting from the bottom to finally pay off and and it has Right, and so you moved to WWE, and it seems like, you know, there's a lot of guys who have been, you know, just moving from football to the WWE once, you know, their career, um, you know, they're facing injuries or they just kind of realize that it's the best decision for them. What are some of the similarities there, or kind of things that make it such a smooth, you know, transition? Uh, physically, it's a very smooth transition. I mean, of course, the training here is different, learning how to, to wrestle, the, the nature of, of a match, you know, how it's nonstop and, you know, you don't have a break between plays and whatnot. But if you were successful enough to make it um, in a di- to a Division One team or essentially pro in your sport, then you, you definitely have the physical tools to give yourself at least a shot. Um, not saying that, you know, everyone that just played sports is going to make it with WWE. That's definitely not the case because it's a whole different beast. But you're at least physically prepared to, to acclimate. You know, once you get here, you, you'll learn, you know, it's, they'll, they'll train you up on what we do and all the techniques and, you know, how to get slammed and all the rough landings. Um, but mentally, it's it's just different. It's a very uh, calculated and mental game. Um, 
there's a lot that goes into it. And you've just got to be prepared to, to start over from scratch. You know, you got to come in humble and know that you're a nobody. Again, it doesn't matter, you know, if you were a 10-time pro bowler in the NFL, that's cool in the NFL, but in the WWE, you know, no one cares about that. I mean, it, it can be respectable for sure, but you haven't done anything in this industry. So it's just staying humble, showing up, and, and being prepared to start over after any kind of success you may have already had. Right, and in the WWE, you also have, you know, more of that entertainment aspect, you know, as well. For you, how did you come up with the name Mojo Raleigh and kind of, you know, develop your, you know, persona, I guess? Well, the persona was easy for me because, like, I've always been the, the hyped-up guy. You know, stay hyped was something I've been saying for years before WWE. That was always kind of my my personal mantra. Anyone that uh, played ball with me can tell, can tell you that. Um just that big guy that can move, that high energy showing up, very excited every day, very positive, very ready to work. I mean, I just kind of rolled that right into WWE as far as the face on that, how we were going to package it and deliver that to the audience. That's changed fairly drastically uh, over the years. As far as coming up with the name Mojo Raleigh, uh, Mojo was suggested to me by uh, a guy named Rob Naylor. He was one of our creative coaches at the time. And at first, I didn't like it. I thought it was too gimmicky. I thought it was too ridiculous for a, a grown man's name to be Mojo. But then, uh, you know, we really thought about it for a few days. And uh, Mojo was just a great fit, you know, as far as personality-wise. It's easy to remember. It's very marketable. You know, easy to chant, like all, all these things, you know. Uh, that's why we also I also decided to tag the, the name Raleigh on the end, too. So it wasn't just Mojo. It's like, all right, well, let's. Let's give a real last name with this this mojo, so it at least makes it a little bit more like a, a real name, or at least a, a good nickname. So it's kind of a process, and every every superstar selecting their name. I mean, there's a lot that that goes into that. I mean, that that's going to be it. That's what people are going to know you as for years to come. I mean, I don't even no one really calls me Dean anymore. Some some members of my family, not even everyone in my family calls me Dean. My brother calls me Mojo or Momo or Mo, you know, I have a million nicknames off of Mojo now too, but yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's going to stick with you. So you got to make sure you don't, you don't blow it. And have you had a favorite moment so far, you know, or match in the WWE? Uh, winning the battle, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania in Orlando, uh, a few years back was definitely, uh, my biggest moment. I mean, that was, Really, really cool thing, uh, especially at my first WrestleMania. I mean, it, it's hard to top that. I mean, that was that was really badass. You know, watching as a kid, you always want to win a battle royal or the Royal Rumble. And I, I got to, I've won a few battle royals now, but that was the one, the biggest one, and you know, still, still something I can be proud of. I mean, bucket list things for for years to come for sure. And the WWE kind of, you know, made some news with, you know, Gronk joining. I know you played with his brother, Dan, at Maryland. How excited are you to, you know, see what he can do um, in the WWE? I'm super excited. Yeah, like you said, you know, Dan and Chris, I played with both of them at Maryland. You know, Dan was one of my closest friends on the team. Um, we battled for highest GPA every year, and I'm happy to report in the end, I think I beat him by like .02. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, Dan Dan was uh, one, of, one of my closest friends at the time. And now fast forward years later, you know, here I am uh, 
you know, bringing his brother to uh, WWE. I think we're going to be on SmackDown on Friday, so we'll be on we'll be on shortly, and we'll see where, where that's going to go. I mean, like I said, everything uh, is kind of in talks right now with Rob, but it's been exciting to have him at the shows in the past. Dan and Chris have both been able to come to a ton over the years, and and they've been there for for the whole climb. You know, it was it was their dad that was college roommates with uh, Mike Rotunda, one of our WWE coaches. So, you know, they they kind of made that meeting happen, which got this whole thing started in the first place. So, they're like my second family. They're they're my other brothers. Uh, Mr. Gronk, he's like a second dad to me, and yeah, it's really cool to kind of to kind of bring in Rob and uh, get them more involved with the company. It's kind of like uh, coming full circle. How do you think he's going to, you know, fare? He's going to do great. You know, I, I don't think any, I don't think it's realistic for anyone to expect that he's going to, you know, come in and, you know, recreate the rock and Hogan, or, you know, or one of these epic, epic WWE matches. I mean, the guy uh, is, is, is coming in and he's ready to work, but I mean, it's going to be, I mean, Character-wise, personality-wise, I mean, that's going to be a smooth transition. Gronk is his own brand. Everyone knows what he's about, and they want to see what he's up to. The guy is just a ridiculous human being, and that's, you know, we got a lot of ridiculous human beings in WWE, so I think it's going to uh, be a pretty smooth transition as far as personality-wise. But, yeah, I mean, Rob wants to come in. He wants to do this thing right. He wants to train really hard. He's not taking this for granted. Um, if, he, if he's going to do this thing, if we can uh, – you know, work out some sort of common ground and get a deal done. I mean, he wants to really come in and, and put in the time. So I, I, I'm excited to see how it goes. Right. And so, you know, WWE has been wrestling without fans and stuff with, you know, everything going on with coronavirus. What's it been like for you just kind of seeing the whole, you know, sports and entertainment world just kind of come to a halt lately? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely strange. It's definitely weird to see being uh, do, doing TV in front of uh, no live audience. That's a first. We've never done that before. I mean, even when I was just starting out wrestling, you know, I think the least amount of fans I've ever wrestled in front of was like four or seven people. But at least there was someone there, someone to work towards, someone's reactions to gauge. But I mean, now it's it's nobody. So it's definitely kind of eerie. It's definitely unusual. But it's also you know, it's, it's kind of exciting, too. It's something different. It's something fresh. You know, WWE, you got to be prepared for anything at any time, anywhere. And, you know, that training is kind of coming into place right now. So I'm just hopefully everyone's being safe, doing the right things at home, keeping out of trouble. Um, but I think now we have an opportunity to continue performing, to continue entertaining, to continue doing what we do at a time that it might be more important than ever. You know, there's a lot of people you know, including myself that have been kind of cooped up at home. I know just 24 hours of not leaving the house and I'm about to explode. I'm, I'm so high energy and doing a million things at one time being in the house and not being able to leave is, is rough. So being able to put on, you know, a three hour raw, two hour SmackDown, that's, you know, five hours in people's week that we can entertain them and, you know, give them something to look forward to in a time where, you know, there's a little less to look forward to right now. Right. And so I guess I'll end on this question. How are you spending your free time at home? Are you watching anything on Netflix? Like, what are you doing to fill your free time right now? <laughs> uh, well, I'm finally getting some errands done, a bunch of housework I've been putting off forever. Uh, luckily, I have a really good home gym here, so I've been training pretty hard at home. Um you know, watching uh, 
watching a bunch of doing my film studies with WWE, but watching a ton of movies and, and shows and whatnot, keeping busy. Yeah, just passing the time, I suppose. I don't, <laughs> the hours kind of just are falling off the clock. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Outtakes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Turks, baby. You know I'm rapping them. I got the Maryland flag on all my wrestling gear somewhere. <laughs>